Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Phil Forty. Hey, boys. And Ham. Finally back. Finally back. And um, Ham currently showing the uh, wonders of Australian internet at the moment. Um, so we'll get his uh, recording directly off him, um, or otherwise we might get a bit of robot voice there, Ham. <laughs> yeah, probably. Definitely. Um, all right, well, fair bit's happened, although no football in the last couple of weeks. So we'll just start off with the NRL's announcement of return to playing. Um, so as of last week, uh, we're cleared to return on the 28th of May with a couple of other things to fall into line between now and then. Um, from my understanding, they're pretty close with a deal with Channel 9 and, and Foxtel. Is that correct? That seems to be the indication we've gotten. But initially, it was nine breaking all the chops, and then I think there were some reports that Fox had then started to wrangle and finagle. So who knows? But I think the the most recent sort of tidbits have been pointed towards the the deals being close to getting done. So knock knock on a lot of wood there. With the deal, was it the case that um, other than wanting a discount on this season, which is sort of understandable from one point of view, given that it's going to be a reduced season, 20 games, two already played, plus a final series, and then Origin tacked on at the end of the year. But do you think from another view, NRL is probably going to be one of the only contact sports in the world playing at the moment? So all of a sudden, that's a a premier opportunity to get exposure, right? So yes, Um, it's an interesting duality there. I'm not sure I like the best way to argue either side, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. As you're saying, like yes, there's been a, a loss of uh, investment from the the broadcasters as far as the gains have lost. But like you said, on the flip side, the NRL is now potentially going to be the most valuable sporting product, um, you know, in, in a big chunk of the world. Yes, yeah, so you'll have what's that? Twenty games, uh, 20, 20 rounds. Sorry. Um, so my understanding is each team will play each other uh, once, and then there'll be five other games tacked on. Um, and if my math is correct, 16 teams, you don't play yourself, 15 teams, 15 plus five other games is 20. There bang, we, go. we got there. Isn't bang, it, bang. Isn't it? don't the previous two rounds already count in the 20 or is it actual 20 more? They count towards the 20-round total, don't they, Hamish? Correct. So there'll be 18. So, so you've play got each 18 other fresh games. 18 plus three plus the two. <laughs> and yeah. state, state of origin, is that end of season still? Is that what the um, latest report was? The latest report is three games back-to-back in November. Um, now, I'm not quite sure what date they're going to put them on, whether it'll be a Wednesday, whether they'll be able to have crowds at that point, um, still taking it week to week. So um, at the moment, we've got NRL coming back, and I know Ham doesn't really care if we're playing Origin at the end of the year. <laughs> um, but one interesting thing to throw up, um, and whilst the NRL competition is back, my understanding is the state comps won't be back. So there is that added aspect where your squad of 30 players is there but if you're not in that team 17 each week your reserves gonna aren't going to match for yeah so i saw an interview on nrl.com podcast the other day um, from billy Britton, who had sort of stepped in and done a little bit of work i think it's st george uh, while cam mckinnis was out and you know essentially saying that every training session they're treating as an opposed um tr- run like they're playing a game because they that's to keep the match only result. option to get themselves into the 17. Yeah, yeah. To either showcase their talents or stay fit enough for the game itself. It's um, going to be a pretty wild um, uh, battle of attrition and, and fitness for the 16 NRL clubs. It's something very unique uh, to the 2020 season, that's for sure. And one thing, I put myself through hell each week and listened to uh, Six Tackles with Gus. Um, <laughs> but he did make a valid point at that um, not only would this be a competition worth winning, it might be one of the hardest competitions yeah. given um, 
the strangeness of the competition, but also you're going to have 18 uninterrupted rounds of rugby league. You won't have the three breakups for origin um, like you have in seasons past. Um, so this world could be uh, one of the, the best competitions to, to win and as opposed to having an asterisk nest to it. Yeah, uh, well, whoever, whoever wins the 2020 season will have their name or their team name as well as the individual names enshrined in immortality, won't they? Because of just the sheer insanity of the scenario surrounding the entire year and the entire world. So, yeah, like you said, it's definitely uh, – and Gus was kind of right. It's definitely one worth winning, I think. No asterisks for you, Ham. <laughs> uh, sorry, my – yeah. I, I just got him when you said uh, no asterisks, Ham. Yeah. Uh, Australian internet for you. Yeah, there you um, go. A little bit spotty. The, the NBN's done in the dodgy, so he's on the mobile internet and it's still not helping him much. The, the efforts that he's going through for the podcast, though, boys, I hope we all appreciate it. I'd die for this podcast. <laughs> die for podcast. No. <laughs> so you're not one of those out protesting the lock-in, um, you know, that it's communism. Ham, Ham, Ham yeah. hasn't got his assault rifle marching down the street to town hall. <laughs> Me and my mate. Oh, no, I don't have mates. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I, I, di- I did get into a conversation with someone at one of my sites the other day how um, he doesn't think coronavirus coronavirus is real and it's five G. Um, the five the five G uh, one cracks me up. It's a very popular conspiracy theory, isn't it? Yeah, and I just lucky I had P two mask on because I was laughing my ass off. He and lucky he didn't see that <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, well I've been staying at home, so other than going out for a walk or for a run, that's it. Stay indoors. Um, all right, well, let's get to, um, if you'll see from show notes, boys, um, dickheads, Latrell, yeah, Fox, that is, the theme, that is the theme of this week's show notes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so following uh, Latrell and Josh Adokar breaking COVID-19 protocols, um, they've each been fined 50000 for which most of is suspended. Um, now, I was listening to a different podcast, is it uh, Fifth and Last, and I think their point of view was they wanted it harsher. But oh, sorry, it was also six tackles with Gus, but also saying that perhaps they've only put it at this scope because there might well be other players who have End up suspending um, also the breached. So you don't want a case where you get back your thirty-man squad and ten of them are suspended for breaking the protocols. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, unfortunately. The racism card was thrown up with yeah, Latrell and Josh Adokar. And I think whilst we all know that Latrell has been thrown under and he certainly has had to deal with those issues, um, and it definitely gave heat rise to some of those uh, people that sort of it, spew it, that racist crap. Well, that, the thing but, is that it literally gives the racist ammo because it weakens the argument for the legitimate racism and issues that people of Indigenous origin have to face. And it's so frustrating to see them play that card because it was so stupid. Like. Uh, and, the other one, Josh Adokar, had apparently been warned twice yep. in the previous week about breaching those protocols before being found um, up on the, I, I believe it's Latrell Mitchell's, either his place or or his family's and place. Not only were there. they stupid enough to ignore the warnings, they posted it all on social media. Like, that takes a special kind of selfishness, stupidity. Like, like why? What, what, what is with the obsessive need to keep a, a public diary with this stuff? I don't understand. I'm just maybe I'm just shit at social media. That's the thing that gets me. It's just like you know, fair enough if you went out and did it, but just leave it offline. Simple as that. And if you know you have friends coming around or whatever, if you're a footy player, doesn't matter what you're doing. Just say put the phone away. I don't care that you're over here. Just put the phone away. This is from the same competition put that the gave us away. all the Penrith sex tapes, though. So you know the the bar is pretty yes. low. 
And on top of that, not just were they uh, breaching COVID-19 protocols, I understand they were also firearms offences. And also riding motorbikes about helmets. And yes, I'm sure their clubs would have loved seeing that, riding around in uh, singlets with no riding gear at all. Um, Yes, particularly stupid. And then we'll get on to Tyrone Roberts-Davis is... uh, very thankful that Luke yeah. and Josh were involved because <laughs> he's, he's like the also the also ran that's in there and no one really cared about. But yes. Uh, then we'll get on to Nathan Cleary on Anzac Day. Um, I was hearing a lot of people were breaching protocols on Anzac Day, and Nathan Cleary. I understand it's his sister's friends were going to some parties and and dropped into his place. His initial story gave was that they were only there for five minutes while they were waiting for an Uber. But following uh, giving that story to the uh, NRL. It then came out a number of TikToks were leaked of him doing. He some should dance be moves. he should be banned for the year for using fucking TikTok. Like seriously, like disregarding any sort of COVID breaches. The fact that a grown man is doing dances on TikTok. Oh my god! But isn't that also the case that Dillbags is on? Yeah, but he's he's under eight. He's under twenty years of age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, just the the TikTok stuff, like a, it's literally owned and run by the Chinese government, so you know you're selling away all your privacy. Congratulations. And B, it's just so dumb. Like, oh my god, um, this is the baboomer in me going, you know, you know, damn youngins, get off my lawn. But yeah, TikTok, seriously, it's a bit like Vine, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Vine I suppose. Fine. Yeah, Vine, Vine didn't have as I much just- of the cringy, you know, prepubescent teenage dancing sort of stuff, but. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a fair bit like Vine. So, yeah, it's a valid comparison. I just, again, it's um, with the Cleary one, to me, that's worse. Like, if he was sincere about it, he should have come out and said, look, did a couple of dances, and then it wouldn't have been a big problem. But the thing was, he came out and he said, oh, it was only the photos, and then he lied. So, it's it's to me, that's worse. And I think all three should have been suspended for the year, and I don't, I don't care about... Um, club allegiance is there. I think anyone, any player um, found to be breaching social distancing guidelines should be suspended for a year just because you're putting how many hundreds of people at risk of losing their job. Of losing yeah, their job. You're, you're, you're jeopardizing the entire industry and the industries that support the industry because league has a, yeah. its tendrils spread out, uh, spread out so much further than the game itself. And you're talking about so many millions and if not billions of dollars that are being put at risk because, you know, a couple of idiots can't, you know, obey some quarantine rules but it's frustrating but Hamish did raise an interesting point about how how you know severe should the bans have been or the punishments have been rather and I I, I, I you know I'm sort of sitting on the fence here because personally I do I would have liked to have seen them all rubbed out for the season uh, clearly as much as the other boys that went up on the um, hunting trip uh, but he also makes a good uh, counterpoint in that you know you've got to be careful because if you know these are footballs we're talking about if a good chunk of the uh, squad has you know breached it they end up <laughs> having a team that pretty much yeah. is the fourth of the season I think I thought the financial aspect was probably a bit too much for Latrell and Ado Carr. Uh, even though sixty percent was suspended for later, I thought that was too much. But to only have one game and then that game actually be sus- a suspended suspension, like come on, that that's that's nothing. Um, I don't know if you guys caught the Sunday Footy Show today, but it was interesting seeing the the dichotomy of the arguments between Paul Gowan and Peter Sterling. Uh, Gowan said that hitting the hip pocket of the players was the most damaging thing you could do, whereas Peter Sterling said that he thought that the suspension, the suspensions from the game itself, are uh, far more impactful to the player as much as the club. And so they were sort well, of arg- arguing about like what was the greater way of punishing the players. So, well, didn't Paul Gowan for 
what the last five years of his career, he was pretty much a an Origin only player. <laughs> so, I guess missing out on games for the Sharks. But maximizing the, ma- maximizing his hip pocket earnings there with the Origin games. That's right. So I mean, going true true to form, I suppose he was practicing what he preaches. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it must be said, uh, you know, to stay indoors um, and for all those people out there searching or combing through these players' social media to try uh, oh, bring geez. up stuff and sell it to the media, you know, just disgraceful. Um, <laughs> not not even sell it to the media. I saw someone on Twitter and I called them out for it, um, shared a photo of Reed Marnie while he was working with What Ability uh, with a, you know, autistic child him giving a piggyback in the beach and them saying, oh, you know, this is this and this and this. It's like, don't post things unless you're educated in that, on that topic. Or not, not necessarily educated on the topic, but like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, that's disappointing is when people try and make it look as if other players are doing something wrong when they're, you know, actually doing the right and a good thing. All I can say him is I hope you're doing local recording. Yeah, you- <laughs> I missed all that. I got, I got some, some auto tune right there going, mm-mm-mm. But he probably made a very salient point knowing him, and that was an unfortunate. But we'll get that on the um, the edited version. I oh, you definitely will, <laughs> <laughs> my man. All right, and the last point um, for Cleary in Penrith that seems to be a bit of a hotbed at the moment. Yeah, for, playing, um, playing for his dad didn't didn't straighten him out, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, especially given you're in a hotbed area where uh, everybody who's got any sort of symptoms is being told to go and get a test or urged to go get a test. Um, you'd think you'd be a bit more careful in allowing people into your home. Um, yeah, just real silly stuff. And thankful that none of our players have been caught in that. And uh, again, we hope that they won't uh, once the competition resumes. And having said that, tomorrow seems to be the day where they're all getting their education on what the protocols are going to be uh, when the season resumes. And we're expecting Tuesday that training will commence depending on some silly buggers from the RLPA. So we can all assume that Cameron Smith will get a further testimonial on the free 200 grand, and then the RLPA will sign off on the go-ahead for the season. <laughs> the, that, I know that the players are trying to come out and, and deflect and say they're not being greedy. There's a number of factors at, at, at play here. But the players need to understand that when they argue that they should get a share of the revenue as their, pro, like as their individual profits from the game, that means that when revenues go down, your own hip pocket gets hit. And I don't see that hasn't. I've not seen one player acknowledge that during this entire time. That you know the game is hurting at the moment, which means they're meant to be hurting too. So, and it's all the so the social disconnect where people are struggling to get on to job seeker or job keeper payments. You know, fifteen hundred bucks a, a fortnight, or I think it's what two hundred bucks less if you're on job seeker, where these blokes are pulling in. Yeah, the you know, at minimum six figures. Some of the, and Some of the top top earners are pulling in, you know, almost seven figures. So. And I mean, I'm, I'm I'm as far from a proponent of communism as you're going to get, but you could have argued that taking from the top percent of players to get to distribute to the rest of them was the first initiative they could have taken. You know, the, the when you've got the the percent of players earning the absolute top of the the cap uh, slices, and you've got the guys on minimum wage on you know eighty five to one hundred thousand dollars, you know, why why wouldn't you take it off the guys at the top? You know, the Daly Cherry Evans, the Cameron Smiths, all those sort of guys. But you know. I'm just an average Joe making my average Joe money. Yeah, that that that's the first thing I thought of. It's not, oh, you know, poor Cameron Smith or, you know, poor Ben Hunt. It's, you know, I'm going to use Parramatta players here, but poor David Gower, poor Ray Stone. Well, none it's, of the poor superstars. It's the the actual guys that – and, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the 80 grand to 100 grand is not chump change by any means. It's twice what the average Australian's earning. But, you know, they're the guys that are supporting – like oftentimes multiple families if they're coming from a – 
any sort of um, Polynesian background or something like that, where you know they're, they're being lent on by you know many families inside their their um their circle. So yeah, I, I can I can definitely sympathise with those guys, but not so much the guys and, at the top. And you know, are, like are the ones, as you said, average Joes like us, we're going to be av- earning average Joe money until you know we're seventy years old or whatever. Those guys will only be earning it, you know, possibly even until they're twenty five. That might be it for them. Well, that that that, that is a very important point. Whereas the superstars have had that top percent earning for the most of their career. The average guys have got a very small, like a much smaller window for the length of their career at a much smaller rate of um average income. So yes. And the return to full-time rugby league as of the 28th of May, um, I was listening to the Talk in Paradise. Is that, is that the That's the, name the, of that? the official Paramount one, yes. Unofficial official. Well, um, yes, but in any event, or is it the official? No, we're, we're the, official, we're, we're the, we're the officially unofficial. They're the unofficially official. That's right. We're the premier. Um, but in any event, they were talking about Reed, and apparently it's pretty close for Reedy to be starting up at that point, but... Um, my best guess is we may have Stoney on the bench at that point for, mm. for cover just in case. Well, you talk about a club that was blessed by the break, right? And, and you know, one of our most important players coming back in time for the season restart. You sort of you don't want to talk about fairy tale scripts, but some of the pieces are in there early in in the set. Yes, not wrong. And I also I guess for the Dragons, Cam McInnes coming back. That's, yeah, another that's big one. Timely. Too. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other players, and was it David Fafita? He he had some sort of shoulder injury. Now he might be that out. That does that does twink a bit like a, a bell in the memory there. I think he might have got banged up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for, very fortunate for Reedy to come back, but unfortunate for Stoney not to get an extended yeah. run in the hooker position. But um, you know we're not going to cry over spilt milk, milk at this point, given we're we're going to get rugby league back. Actually, getting a season. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that. Is there anything else that we really wanted to touch on? There's nothing much that's been happening in the. There was a minor, minor, minor sort of storm in a teacup today when there was talk about the Warriors players having a potential infection, but it turns out that Fusatua is staying behind for the moment for compassionate grounds, and Daniel Roach was sick but not COVID sick. So uh, thankfully, the Warriors look to be on their way to Tamworth. <laughs> oh, and on the parafront. Oh, no, I just find it funny how that's a term that we can use in this time, like sick. But not Corona sick. <laughs> corona. Yeah, he's he's sick, but it's not Corona like yeah. Uh, but I, I I have had to run that with my um son. His daycare. He, oh, he's got a little bit of a cold because he's teething. Like he's got a cold, but it's not the Rona. I swear. <laughs> yeah, it's not the COVID. <laughs> but um, I I tell you what, I got two things here. Uh, firstly, on some unfortunate news, uh, Pamela Eels legend and uh, borderline immortal sort of talent uh, Ray Price and his wife are both battling cancer. Um, really bad news there. Uh, so our best wishes from everyone I imagine on the podcast go out to them. Um, and on an unrelated note, um, but I suppose semi-related because it's the health industry, I'll tell you what, this entire coronavirus saga should give everyone an appreciation to how good we have it in Australia. Um, when you look at the rest of the world and, and particularly some countries that are meant to be leading the way and you talk about England, Italy, America, um, we've, the fact that we've had uh, you know uh, such little impact from coronavirus is crazy and a testament to how thing, how good things are in Australia? Oh yeah, yeah. As oh, much yeah. as, we, yeah. as as much as we uh, belittle anybody that's in government, um, and especially our prime minister, um, he he's not out there advocating. And I know it's a very low bar. Interesting. The the poor doctor that was on Trump's right just sitting there for like she was like looking dead ahead, not acknowledging anything. My God, ingesting disinfectant. Oh. Injecting, not ingesting. Oh, sorry, injecting. There you go. If you put it straight into the bloodstream, yeah. it's going to work better. <laughs> Inject it directly. 
uh, and then to double down, or not double down, to walk it back as sarcasm the day after, when if you're watching the, the press conference, it very clearly wasn't sarcasm. My God. I think he was just thinking out loud. That's probably a very good point when you think about it, yes. That there is sort of a causal connection that, you know, disinfectant, you know, you, you wipe it on surfaces and that kills germs, so... Inject just, it and... In, inject it into the body and it'll just clear up the body. Your body is a surface, so... Yeah, exactly. So. Your body is a temple. Temples have lots of surfaces, so just inject the disinfectant into the body. And your body is a wonderland. <laughs> it's Thanks, my wonderland. <laughs> um, um, all right, well, I think that'll uh, wrap us up. The only other thing would, I guess, be off-topic discussions. The um, How did you feel, Ham, you being the biggest Green Bay Packers on this podcast <laughs> fan? Um, what did you think of the draft? Um, well, my, you know... I'm not. I'm not an advocate of the draft. I'm. You know, it is what it is. I suppose. Uh, I can't really comment uh, at the time being because I'm not one to sit down and watch the draft. I will have to um, wait for training camp um, to assess their abilities. Well, I'll be getting those Zoom meeting numbers, and I'll be watching in. Just on that, both our teams seem to have both strange drafts. How did you figure it, Forty? I, I warmed up the Seattle's draft a lot more when um, I sort of looked back on it, and then some news started coming out. Um, KJ Wright had a off-season sh- um, shoulder surgery, so he's um, going to be starting behind the eight ball. Um, and the Jordan Brooks pick, when you looked at the film, he um, had a very good 2018 college season, so he was um, playing off the ball a lot more. So it showed like a bit more versatility. So in the end, I warmed up to the Seattle draft. Um, in typical Seattle fashion, in one of the most stacked wide receiver drafts uh, of recent memory, they took two tight ends and and then one wide receiver late. They always zag when the competition's zigging. But I, I I did end up enjoying the draft more than I thought I would as far after that shock on day one. So I'm I'm knocking on wood that they can um make a free agent signing or two with the money they freed up by cutting DJ Fluker and Justin Britt. Uh, but as it stands right now, Jadevian Clowney seems to be in a, a pretty strong holding pattern. He's willing to sit out for a while, it looks like, until he gets the money he wants, even though the rest of the competition seem to think that he's not worth anywhere near what he thinks he is. It's the injury concerns, isn't it? Yeah, the injury concerns. And the fact that while he's disruptive against the pass, he doesn't get the sacks. And, you know, that in the end, that means a lot for teams. Um, as far as Birdie's concerned, because he's not here... I thought the Cowboys had a very good draft. Frustratingly, and Birdie was killing it. Frustratingly, for some reason, teams just kept not picking the best wide receivers, and they just fell down the board and down the board. And then Dallas got their hands on one of the premier wide receivers in the draft. Yeah, um, they were after CJ, and they got CJ. Yeah, just un- unreal. And then in, a, in an interesting twist, um, they got the Red Rocket today. I don't know if you saw the news, but Andy Dalton signed as the backup to the Cowboys. To the Cowboys, yeah. Mm, very strange. Oh, sorry, I said Red Rocket. I meant Red Rifle. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was weird that the Packers um, wouldn't go a wide receiver in the first round. You know, they went the uh, the quarterback route there. So when was when has uh, Aaron Rodgers been given a um, first-round wide receiver to throw to? Uh, never, I don't think. Devontae Adams is, is an absolute superstar, but he wasn't a first-rounder. Um, so it's quite funny when you look at that stat because you look at some of the wide receivers we've had and they've been top tier talent. Um, so it just shows that whilst they might have been not been taken in the first yeah, round, yeah, that, that how how drafts work, how imprecise it is at the top sometimes. I mean, did you see the uh, the 2017 draft were up for their fifth year option renewals, and from the top five, only Miles Garrett got his um, contract re- uh, renewed for the fifth year. The rest of them was uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Corey Davis. Uh, Mitch Trubisky and Solomon Thomas. None of them got their fifth-year options taken up by their clubs. So just 
you know, top five picks and still not good enough to get the second or the, the contract renewal uh, at their home, their native club, which is crazy. And then, yeah, so it's you always got, a crapshoot. Yeah, and you've got teams like our, our two teams in particular who are either, you know, at top of the top of the top competitors or thereabouts year in, year out, and so they're always picking late in the 20s. Um, it shows you, you know, how much of a disadvantage you have, and even then, if you're even picking top 10 or top five, it still, it still doesn't get you back in the mix if you're not good enough with talent identification. Uh, was there any other sporting news? Oh, anyone- I was just going to say for, for Green Bay, my understanding was we'd traded up to get our receiver, but then the 49ers traded the, up and snaked us. The, the Brandon Ayuk uh, mail that came out, yeah, that was that, that was interesting. So, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? The fact that you guys ended up not taking a, a skill player for a while, barring the running back. Yeah, I still think day two, both those picks were reaches, but you could understand them taking them because they probably weren't the running back wasn't going to be there in the third round, and then the the tight end slash what are they saying is a fullback sort of yeah like a like sort of player. like the uh, Kyle Usick sort of super utility yeah he probably wouldn't have been there on day when our next pick was in the fifth round sometimes, so you, um, you can't fight the board sometimes the way the talent falls you have to take like reaches or slight reaches because you're trying to fit both a need and take the best like, talent available yeah I watched some of the the film from that running back um, so. He seems to be working in both the pass and the run, and he's a bit of a truck. He's like 250 pounds. Yeah, very, very physical. Yeah. Um, but I can sort of understand their way. They're trying to sort of run a 49ers-style offense, um, which for years we've been saying, oh, well, we just rely on Aaron Rodgers. Now you're giving him one a defense, which seemed to stand up for large portions of last yeah, well, year. Yeah, you did a very good two, job with the free agency with the I, defense. Perhaps, you know, two good or really good running backs, um, so he doesn't have to bloody sling it all the time. And, and that sort of nullifies having to have, you know, three great wide receivers. Um, it's funny, though, because yeah. in, a, in a league where all the, the analysts and analytics keep saying pass, 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 all the top teams are shoring up the run. Green Bay investing heavily in the run. Seattle's invested heavily in the run. What was the first-round pick for the, the Kansas City Chiefs, the running Super Bowl champions? Running back. The, the running game is still every bit as important as the passing game. Very much so. Um, on an unrelated, right. unrelated sporting note, anyone watched The Last Dance so far? No, I haven't. No? It's sitting there on my short list. All right. Well, we'll, we'll discuss it in a future podcast because it's um, been <laughs> it's been very good. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Rugby League will be back in 25 Woo. days. So um, we're waiting for the draw, which we're hoping will come out next week. Um, but as we said, 18 games to go. Uh, we've already got two wins on the board. So Much to uh, we'll the, be um, hoping- the frustration of the Roosters. Well, you know. <laughs> Reset the comp, by the way. <laughs> I wouldn't have raised the Boyd coordinate, by the way. My God. Well, that's how you run it. So, um, you know, they've got less time to make up. And having said that, they've already played Manly and uh, Melbourne, who are two teams you think would be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. So, yeah, so they're, they're, I don't think they should be too worried. Easier strength of schedule based, um, based on that, by the fact they've already played those two teams. Correct. Um, all right, well, we'll wrap it up there for this week in the Para Podcast, and we're hoping to also record a game companion shortly, which will be the 2009 Round 24 match, Eels v Tigers, which was the Battle of Hain v Benji. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to record that shortly. I think Ham's going to tap out for that one because of his internet connection, and Birdie should be with us. Yeah, cheers. Hopefully uh, you, boys. internet's good for the next podcast anyway. See you. Good to be back. Be- Boy.